0: Thank you, Aidan. Morning, everyone. It's good to see all you lovely people this morning. Isn't it wonderful just to pour out our hearts in adoration to the Father and to Jesus for all he's done for us. And My heart is just so warm this morning in, in worship time. Is we pour out our hearts to him. It's just, there's no better place to be than to be at the feet of Jesus, loving him, worshiping him, and doing that in family. Wonderful. I'm gonna be teaching today and not and not preaching. You know there's a difference between preaching and teaching? Some wise man said this. The difference between preaching and teaching is that preaching is primarily geared towards life changing, while teaching is primarily aimed at transferring knowledge. But I trust today that there's a that that as, as I release what God's put in my heart in terms of the knowledge of the and the teaching. Um, I, I, I'm trusting God that there will be something of a preaching aspect in terms of bringing life-changing uh, habits, life-changing behavior to our lives so that we can walk in the fullness of God uh, as a church and individually as well. We've been teaching on the, the New Testament values over this last couple of, of, of weeks. Months. And today I want to look at the subject of reaching out to the lost and the poor. Reaching out to the lost and the poor. There are so many aspects of, of this topic, of this subject that we see in Scripture that we could teach on. But I want to do that from, from two different angles today that perhaps you haven't seen this before. The first one is bringing the lonely into family. And secondly, producing orphans to become sons and daughters of God and sons and daughters in this house. For this is the house of God that he's placed us in as we are in the bigger Kingdom of god we 're in His house, but he 's called us to to serve and to work out our Christianity in this house. I want you to see the difference. so Jesus has called us to to make disciples and not to make converts matthew twenty eight nineteen go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Two key points that I see in that scripture is making disciples. Jesus calls us to make disciples, and secondly, he calls us to teach all. Not only teach, but he says, teach all that I have commanded you. And so today I want to um, teach on something of a couple of aspects that I've seen um, and picked up in my spirit and in my heart uh, over the the year that we've been here. And so I want to touch something of, of the all. What Jesus is saying is that we should reach out to the poor, the lost and the lonely, those that do not know him. We must teach them truth, and we must teach them his ways. We must, secondly, we must produce sons and daughters, and as we As we seek to produce sons and daughters, there's an amazing spiritual aspect and change that comes into our lives because then as we're teaching people to be sons and daughters, we're actually maturing ourselves into a place of of becoming fathers and mothers in the house. So if you find there's no you're just not growing, well, start start producing sons and daughters. Start raising yourself into a place of saying, let me take on more responsibility. Lord, what is it to produce a son and a daughter in your house? How can I help someone come into that place of understanding and of revelation and of truth of your word? And as you do that, you... You're volunteering and saying, Lord, help me. And you're actually taking steps in the right direction of maturing yourself into a father and a mother. We do this by abiding, belonging, and contributing in the family of God as expressed in the local church. Psalm 68 verses 5 and 6. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God places the lonely in families. I want us to look at that word, lonely. What does lonely actually mean? Someone wrote this. And if you ever feel lonely, just look at the moon. Someone, someone is looking right at it too. Okay, there's a little bit of truth in that. As we, we look to the moon, maybe somewhere around the world, someone else is looking and we can, we can join in with our hearts. And, oh, there's someone else there looking at this beautiful moon tonight. But, you know, we know a lot better than that, don't we? I understand what this kind person is trying to say. But we know a better way. We don't say, look to the moon. We say, look to the sun. Jesus Christ, the son of God and the son of man. We live our lives as a signpost to Jesus Each one of us is a signpost. Where are we pointing our lives? In which direction? To the moon or to the Son of God? Jesus. People are watching your life. People are looking. They're looking for that signboard. Let's keep pointing to Jesus. And we're doing it so well here together. It would be easy for me today just to say, Church, There's a lost world out there. There are lonely people out there. Let's get out there. Let's go and get them. Let's go and fetch them. Let's go bring them in. Let's go and tell them about Jesus. And off you go. To do what? To do how? So, today I want to look at lonely. What does it mean? You know that Jesus... Often if you read the, the New Testament scriptures, often you'll see that Jesus was moved with compassion, and then he reached out. It says, moved with compassion, Jesus healed the sick. Moved with compassion, he delivered those from demonic forces. Moved with compassion. And as we, as we look at this word loneliness and some facts that I want to share about loneliness, I'm trusting God that we'll come to an understanding of what it is to be lonely, who is lonely. We're filled with compassion that will stir our hearts to say, yes, I want to reach out. Let's try to understand what loneliness is and the pain of those living In this state. Let's allow Jesus to capture our hearts for the lonely today. There's a saying, when faced with an issue, walk around it and see it from different angles. And so I want us to walk around this word lonely today and see it from different angles. The definition of loneliness is this, Sadness because one has no friends or company. Feelings of depression and loneliness. So what is the true meaning of loneliness? One common description of loneliness is the feeling when we get, when our need for rewarding social contact and relationships is not met. But loneliness is not Always just wanting to, to be alone. Some people like to just live alone. And you and I know people like that. I've met people like that over the years. In America, they call them hillbillies. <laughs> they just want to go out there and don't look at me and don't touch me and don't come to me. I'll do my thing up here on my own. I'll look after myself. Okay. You might choose to be alone and live happily without any involvement in society, but I believe God has placed, if he says he brings the lonely into his house, into his kingdom, then he knows he's created each and every one of us. He knows that there's a space in our hearts and in our makeup where we can become lonely And he meets that need through the local church. Okay, so what are three types of loneliness? I want to share this with you so it gives us understanding and compassion to reach out to the lonely. Three types of loneliness. Emotional loneliness. Emotional loneliness is the absence of a significant other person with whom a close attachment or meaningful relationship exists, like a partner or a very close friend. That's emotional loneliness. Then you get social Im- uh, loneliness. Social loneliness is the lack of a wider social network of friends, neighbors, or colleagues. Then you have existential is existential loneliness refers to an experience of feeling entirely separate, separate from other people, often when confronted with a, a traumatic experience or death. So how do we know? How do, how can we recognise that someone is living in a place of of one of these three states of loneliness? It's characterized by constant and unrelenting feelings of being alone, separated or divided from others, and an inability to connect on a deeper level. It can also be accompanied by deep-rooted feelings of self-doubt, low self-esteem, or social anxiety. I remember years, years ago... um, Traveling around the world, I was on a team, Dudley Daniel's apostolic team, and he was asking me, Go here, go there, will you do this, will you do that? And so I was traveling Europe, America, Mexico, India, and um, also loads into Africa. And I got to a point where I didn't want to see another airport. I didn't want to see another european train that says if it's coming at el- 1 minute past 11 and you stand on the platform and it arrives 1 minute past 11 <laughs> so just just don't you want to just just don't come just leave me just you know i'm going to the next thing and the next thing i didn't want to see another bucky filled with equipment and luggage to take me to Africa, I just got to that point, and I remember going to a leaders' time, preaching, and um, a friend of mine, Chris Venant, Some of you might you might remember Chris. He's an American now, but Chris got up and he preached that day, and he preached on loneliness. And as I sat there, I, I, I just took this in, and God began to speak to my heart and say, Trevor, your problem is you're actually lonely. But I was married, beautiful wife, all the love and attention I could have wanted or desired. I had it all. But I, but I was in this place of Loneliness. And he preached, and he, at the end of it, he said, um, would you like to respond to anyone here, guys, any of you feeling lonely that we can gather around and pray? And I stood up, and I looked around, and I was the only one standing. <laughs> <laughs> After, yeah. Greg says, I felt lonely again. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> I thought, but surely there's someone else that's feeling like me that's lonely. And I, I just said, Lord, just come, just touch that part of my heart. And, you know, I want to tell you that I, I've been in different churches and different places. And I really want you to know that this is a family. This is a place where I'm on team and I don't feel lonely Years ago I was on team. I had guys around me, and but I was lonely. But somehow God's brought the lonely. I put my hand up. He brought the lonely into this place. He's a wonderful father. And I don't we don't feel lonely. We feel loved, we feel appreciated, we feel valued, we feel we can add value. There must be many, many of us out there that are feeling lonely. But I've discovered it is in the hours of loneliness that God does some of his greatest works in us. Perhaps God is doing some of his greatest works in you right now. Perhaps God is wanting to include you to help others. To complete his greatest work in them. Let God quicken your spirit now as we consider the loneliness of some of these heroes of the faith that I want to read to you. This might be a test of your knowledge of the Bible, but let's go. All of these people experienced loneliness. But God worked in the midst of that. Elijah, it was in the lonely dejection of Elijah that he heard God's voice. Abraham, it was in the wearing, lonely path of faith that God came again to Abraham. Peter, it was in the lonely hours following failure that Peter found God. Jacob, it was in the lonely midnight hours that Jacob had his wrestling match with God. Moses, it was in the loneliness of the mountain that Moses would get the law from God. Hannah, it was in the loneliness of her barrenness that Hannah prevailed. Esther, it was in the loneliness of her burden that forced Esther to approach King Ahasuerus. Daniel, it was in loneliness that Daniel received his great vision from God. Jeremiah, it was in the loneliness of the pit that Jeremiah found a renewed burden for his people. Joseph, it was in the loneliness of the pit and prison that Joseph felt God continuing to forecast his dreams. Jesus, it was in the loneliness of prayer at Gethsemane that the Lord labored, just a stone's throw away from the disciples, but it may have been a million miles away that separated them. Mary, the mother of Jesus, loneliness marked Mary in Bethlehem's stable. Where's my mother to help me with my newborn baby? Where's my granny? Where's my auntie? Mary, loneliness marked her again as she stood at Golgotha and saw Jesus on that cross. A few Sundays ago, we received a word, you might recall it. Whatever issues you are facing, remember You are not alone. Recall that one? We are not alone. If you're in a place of loneliness, then will you reach out to someone? Will you ask God to reveal who the lonely are? And will you reach out to the lonely this week? And do it as a lifestyle. Let's learn to do that as a lifestyle reaching out, not just this week. I loved what Vili said this morning in the elders meeting and he spoke of a parking mode and often we come in here on a Sunday and we come in with parking mode. You know like my car and the modern cars have got cameras and they've got this parking mode Some today even park themselves. Mine doesn't park itself. I've still got to park it. But if I get too close to a foreign object, then it'll go beep, beep, beep. But when I'm almost on top of the foreign object, it goes beep, 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 beep. Some of us come in here on a Sunday, and we find our chair, we sit down, and someone walks up to us, beep, beep. And then they get too close. Beep, 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 beep yeah yeah why are you laughing (laughs) because it's true (laughs) but you see some of us we we don't want to go and greet someone we feel I don't know what we feel because I don't feel it (laughs) maybe it's insecure or maybe you're in parking mode too but let's learn to be warm we're a family Let's learn to go up to greet someone and, you know, walk up to Aiden. Beep, beep. Let's beep, 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 No, let's turn the parking mode off. Let's switch it off. Someone had a word today about breakthrough whilst we were in the prayer meeting. I believe when he said that to me, I felt God saying, I'm going to break through this barrier that we've put between ourselves. In the kingdom of God, there's no Barrier, yes, thank you, it was you. Don't know your name, sorry, I'll need to learn it. Come tell me afterwards. But we need to get breakthrough in this area of our lives. Reaching out to the lonely, reaching out to one another. we family. Let the love flow. The second aspect, we've looked at loneliness, I want to look at making orphans sons and daughters. This is what the great commission is all about. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe. So we're called to not make converts. We're called to make sons and daughters out of orphans and those who do not know Jesus. If you today are here and you've never received Jesus, the Bible refers to you as being an orphan. Orphan is one who has no parents, doesn't have a father or a mother, if you have not met Jesus, you're outside of the family of God. God looks and he sees you and he looks at you as an orphan and he's saying, come, come, come and be my son. Come and be my daughter. Come and learn my ways. And the only way that you can, you can break free from, from being in the state of being an orphan is through Jesus. Jesus says, no man cometh to the Father but through me, but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the way, and that's truth. And if you believe that, you walk in the life of God. That's God's plan for your life today. And so don't leave this place today. Please, if you see yourself as an orphan, you've never made right with Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want to come into a right relationship with God, and I want to walk in his ways. I repent of my sin and of living my life without you. Help me to become a son and a daughter. Please don't leave this place today without coming up front afterwards and talking to one of us up here. And we will pray with you, and we will help you. Our desire as a church is that we gather more and more sons and daughters of Jesus. That's our heart's desire. That's our purpose. Having lived in England a few years, I saw many people, Carla and I, of living in what they called with mental health issues. And in England, a mental health issue has become something to brag about. It's something, yeah, I've got mental health issues. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. There are some genuine people that have got mental health issues. Yes. But, but when, I, when I looked and I listened and I heard, they blamed a lot of things for this mental health condition that they had. They blamed the weather, and I can understand why they did that. They blamed COVID-19. Okay. They blamed rising energy costs, the fuel just, just going up and up and up. They blamed rising food costs. I can understand all that. But that shouldn't give me a mental health condition that restricts me from living just a normal, happy, joyful life. And as I would listen to these young people to old people and just hear, hear them, I realized that the main issue was that the majority of them were lonely and depressed because they're trying to live their lives without God. They want to do it their own way. They don't want to get married. They want partners. They're they restricting everything. They're building boundaries around themselves and not allowing God to break in. God has a blueprint for our lives. God has a blueprint for your life. We need to hear and see what that blueprint is. He wants us to live by His blueprint. God has called us to reach out to those who do not know him with a purpose, and this purpose is to produce sons and daughters. Let's look at four characteristics of sons and daughters in the kingdom now. If we're to produce sons and daughters, there are four characteristics that I'd like to share that will help us understand what a son and a daughter of God is. Let's say, let's say Ari works at McDonald's. Okay, he doesn't. But let's just say, and I hope you don't mind me picking on you. You're the only guy here that everyone picks on, so we just got to keep picking on you. (laughs) Yeah, it's because he picks on us. Yeah, good one, good one. So, okay, Ari works at McDonald's. He learns to make burgers. And then he says, no, I've had enough of this now. You know, this boss, mm, I'm going. So he goes and he goes to Burger King. Because he's got the skills. He's learned some skills. He knows how to make a burger. So he goes to Burger King. And after the second day, he's telling everybody, no, you don't make burgers like this. This is how you make a proper burger. And he starts making McDonald's Burgers and Burger King. What's the boss going to say? Fire him. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> he's not going to get promotion. He's not going to move up the ranks. Why? Because he's damaging the brand. And he's trying to teach others how to damage the brand. Being a true son of God and a son in this house, let's not worry about the other churches out there. Being a son in this house is learning how not to bring your favorite recipes, your favorite things that you that you like in church and bring it in here. Because you compromise what God is doing in this house. So if you want to be a son and a daughter, understand what God is doing here, and we'll get to that, how you can do that just now, and then begin to live in that. Why? Because if you're trying to make a McDonald's burger and a Burger King, the boss doesn't like it. You will not move up and move on. You will not mature. He will say, hey, go make that somewhere else. That's reality. That's what it is. It's the same thing in this house. Elders look and see. God's given them the ability to look and see. I look and see. It's just what God puts in to an elder. We can see those that are really, and there's loads of you, and it's beautiful to see it, the sons and daughters that are pressing and that, have, that, have, that carry and hold the values of the New Testament in your heart. And those values that we believe and walk in, loads of us. But I do see some of us that are not carrying those. And that you will remain in a place of Loneliness because you're not recognized you've seen but you're not recognized to come into a place of leading a calm group a place of becoming a deacon because you have not caught the values forget the mcdonald's burgers here we make burger king burgers <laughs> <laughs> they're the best <laughs> <laughs> they're big, they're thick, they're juicy. <laughs> no, no, no. KFC bur- burgers. No. But go to KFC, teach them to make a proper burger. <laughs> Making you hungry. Oh. Okay. So, four characteristics. Four characteristics of. I might have to go through the last two quickly. Resemble. The Sons and daughters of the kingdom resemble their father. Resembling Christ means to be like Christ. It means to be Christ-like. That means that our character has to conform to that of Christ. God wants us to have the nature of Christ, the life of Christ, the temperament of Christ. God wants us to have the behavior of Jesus and his manner of doing things. God wants his sons and daughters to think and to talk and to do things like Christ Jesus. That's being a true son. John 14:19. Says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. Jesus speaking to the disciples. But you will see me because I live. You will also live. Because I live, you also will live. God wants his sons and his daughters to to resemble every aspect and live like Jesus. How well are you resembling Jesus? Are you a true son and a daughter? Is your character coming close to being like that of Christ? Let's consider Paul, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus. Paul actually calls us to follow him as he follows Christ. Acts chapter 2, 42 says, They devoted themselves to to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It, as Justin, we are blessed to have an apostle that leads the work. There are churches out there that just doing their own thing. They haven't caught and walked in the truth of the apostolic anointing and leadership in the life of the church and how important that is we devote ourselves to the apostles teaching the teaching that Andrew Andrew brings do we exalt the apostle do we exalt Andrew do we put him on a pedestal no we definitely do not but we honor him yeah, there is a difference We honor him because we understand the authority of God and the kingdom. We honor Andrew because we recognize God's anointing on his life. We honor him because we see a man walking in humility as he seeks to partner with Jesus, to build the pure bride of Christ that Jesus is coming back for. We honor him by devoting ourselves to his teaching and scripture. That's what a son and a daughter does in this house. Joseph, let's look at life of Joseph. His father gave him a multicolored robe. His brothers, you'll remember the story, despised him. They threw him in a pit and eventually they sold him, tore his robe, his multicolored robe, and sent it back to the father with blood smeared. Not very good sons in the father's house to do that to Joseph and let me give you an example in our, in our house here what it is to be a good son and daughter so Andrew through Monet has asked Francois to lead for two months whilst Emsley's. this is family talk this is a father's heart talking to us okay just receive it as that please So Francois gets asked to lead for two months whilst Emsley is on sabbatical. Emsley comes back and I think it was was it last Sunday or Sunday last Sunday? Asked for another month. Francois continues asked to lead for another month. In other words, Francois was given the multicoloured robe. Okay, who's good at sewing? <laughs> okay, hot on this one. He's given the multicolored robe. What are the sons in the house saying and doing as they look and they see him wearing the multicolored robe? What is in their hearts they want to throw him in a pit, or are they saying, "Yeah, but this, yeah, but that it should have been me." Wah, wah, wah. He's this. He's that. He wears caps. <laughs> I told him at the elders' meeting, he wears a cap too much. <laughs> That's why he hasn't got a cap on today. <laughs> but pardon. So what is actually in our hearts? You see, a good son and a good daughter will say, Francois, yes, it's great. You're getting an opportunity. You're starting to feel the weight and the weight of that responsibility in leading a church. And that's heavy, let me tell you. We as good sons and daughters should be right behind him, blowing wind into his sail. Well done, Francois. Keep going. You've only got another month. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many minutes have I got? Five. Okay. Can, go. can I go? Okay, thank you. So, <laughs> so we, need to, we need to be good sons. And that's one aspect of what it is to be a good son in this house. Let's get, I just need to touch that beep, beep, beep. Um, Regarding reaching out to the lonely, Um, a good son and a daughter desire to build relationships. Thank you, Herman and Michaela, for inviting us for lunch today. I don't know where you are. Are You're cooking at home. (laughs) but you see that's an example of a good son and a good daughter because they don't know us so well we haven't had the chance to to hear their hearts and talk and rub shoulders and and you know and uh, are we doing that that's what we need to be doing inviting people into our homes making our homes open so you know you you're a bit different to me you know you talk funny you walk funny, you dress funny, but come, come to my house for lunch. We don't all have to look, look the same and walk the same and talk the same. We're in the kingdom of God. This is where God has planted us. And we need to be faithful with the small things so that he can give us the bigger things. Are we, is our home open? Or when someone knocks on the front door, ah, come for tea. Do we go, beep, beep beep, beep. And then then they just walk past us into the house. Beep, 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 beep. What are you do? Beep, 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 in my house for? <laughs> I never said swearing. He did. The- <laughs> Francois did. <laughs> We're being real, aren't we? True son and daughter has a wide open front door. Wide open front door. There might be some some valid reasons that you can't have people in your home. Why you can't grow your calm. You might only have two chairs. But if you only have two chairs, then tell us about it, and we'll buy you more chairs. (laughs) There's always a way. There's always a solution. Families find solutions. Families break down barriers families want to love each other and talk to each other and communicate with each other families want to honor each other so we need to resemble we need to resemble firstly character of characteristic of a son and a daughter resembles the father jesus and resembles the fathers in this house if you, one of the sons is saying, ah, I should be wearing a multi-colored cloth. You know why you're not? Because you're not resembling the father and you're not resembling the fathers in this house. So you need to get your act together if you want to move on in the things of God. And start resembling as we, as the elders, Monet and the elders lead us in, in, to be devoted to Andrew and and the the apostles' teaching, and we walk in that, you need to be catching the slipstream. You need to be walking in it. How many people, don't lift up your hand, are coming to the conference, the 412 conference? It's costing us all money. It's costing us all time. But, But you see, we give our hearts to that. And it hurts our pockets. But we give ourselves to it. Okay, secondly... The second characteristic of a son and a daughter is trust. Trust. Sons and daughters trust their father. They keep developing their their trust for their fathers until the father is satisfied and contestified, say, yes, this is my son, and he trusts me. Elders are looking for, for, for people that trust them with their lives. first thing, Andrew mentioned it at the All Africa Conference. I was invited to the All Africa Conference last time, just before the main conference, the 412. And I'd been watching, I'd been hearing from Clarence and um, gleaning from him regarding Andrew, this apostolic. I knew him from way back. Heard about him, but I was gleaning from him. Tell me more about Andrew. I want to know. And uh, Anyway, I watched videos of Andrew on YouTube, and I caught his heart. And I walked up to him at the conference, the All Africa Conference, and the first thing I went to him, and I said, Hi, Andrew, I said, "Um, I've been listening to your teachings. I want you to know I submit myself to you. And he actually, during the conference, during that time where the pastors from Africa and overseas and the guys that were there, he said that. He said, I haven't actually spoken with Trevor. We were on the same team years ago. Haven't actually spoken with him. And here after years later, the first thing he says to me, I've been hearing your heart. I'm giving myself to you. You see, sons trust their father. I trust him as my father. He's a younger man, that means. Young, young age means nothing in the kingdom. It's the authority and it's the anointing that God places on a person that we follow. We don't necessarily follow the face or the cap. <laughs> I'm, not looking in, I'm not looking anywhere in particular. We follow as he follows Christ. We follow the anointing. We honor because we recognize the authority. We recognize the calling. We recognize the anointing. And because of that, we can put our trust, throw ourselves in. And I pray that, that you're sitting here today that you can say, I honor my leaders. I want to resemble my leaders, I want to trust and I do trust my leaders with your destiny, trust us with your calling, trust us to bring out the best that God has for you. So the third characteristic is honor. A son, Malachi six. a son honors his father and a, and a servant his master. I'll just read that for, a son honors his father, sons and daughters honor their father. I'm just trying to go through my notes quickly now, so I don't, are you one who honors both your heavenly father, and honors the spiritual fathers that God has placed in your life? Exodus 20:12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord God is giving you. Not just your, your physical life, but your spiritual life. As we honor, he extends our time and our serving him and working with him. He increases our, our sphere of influence. The fourth one is the word obey. Obey. The fourth characteristic of a son and a daughter sons and daughters obey their father they live a life of obedience as a matter of fact obedience is the major characteristic of christianity you take away obedience from christianity and there's no christianity there's nothing Everything about Christianity is obedience, living in obedience to the Word of God. So I want to encourage us to rise up as sons and daughters. Let's learn what it is to be a son and a daughter, a good one in this house. There's so much work for us. We need more comm group leaders. We need more deacons. Prove yourself as a good son and a good daughter that God can raise you up in your time. This week, let's reach out to the lonely. If you're lonely, reach out to someone. If you consider yourself as an orphan and you do not know Jesus Christ, please come up for prayer later this day. Thank you, Francois. Greg.
1: Thanks, Trevor. It's very good. I just want to add something um, practical for us. Um, Jeff talked about us imitating Christ and becoming like Him. That's our purpose, eh? God, the Father, wants to make us more like the Son, Jesus. Who agrees with that. And one of the things that Jesus actually did is He placed the lonely into family. How did that happen? Well, before we belonged to Jesus, we were all lost. We were all orphans. The Bible actually calls us enemies of God. If you don't belong to Jesus. If you don't belong to Jesus today, you're actually an enemy of God. And then he sent Jesus to die on a cross so that we can be reconciled in relationship again with the Father. And what does the Bible say we are now? We're sons and daughters. (laughs) But we're sons and daughters. And so what Jesus did, he took us from a place of loneliness, dead in our trespasses, in darkness, and He brought us out of that and into family, into relationship with the Father and into relationship with the Son and into relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing is into relationship with one another. And so if we want to become like Jesus, then our call this morning that Trevor is saying is we need to bring the lonely into family because if we don't do it, then I personally believe we're not representing Jesus well. We're not becoming like Him. We're not doing the great commission, which is to get those people in. And like Trevor said, many times we want to reach out, and it's great. We need to go preach the gospel. But within us, are we pulling one another in? And on the one side, it is you, if you feel lonely, is you have to get up. It's like a teenager. When a teenager runs into his room and he Claps the door. and oh, I'm just going to be alone now. You know, what he needs to do is he needs to come out and say, this is how I'm feeling. Dad, mom, brother, sister, help me. And then for the other side, it is we need to open up our homes. Just a quick testimony. I remember when we became com leaders, we started with two people. We started, we played the game, you know me. Who knows the game, you know me. It's amazing. You get to know people. And but on a Sunday, Nadine and I would run around here looking for visitors, looking for people that's not part of a community on a Wednesday, and we would invite them over. And our house we had four chairs. (laughs) We had four chairs. But then I got two more camping chairs that I could put it there. I got a little drum that our people could sit in. At the end of the day, we were 25 people. And not even myself, I didn't have a place to sit. We were like sardines in that house. But you know what? People felt loved. People felt they belonged. And I had a lady in my com. She worked through a lot of stuff in, all, in her personal life. But she would never had breakthrough today if she sat in her, in her house alone and just came on a Sunday. What brought the breakthrough in her life was the family was that we brought her in amongst all her insecurities, her battles, her things. We brought her in, and she flourished within our community. Not because of me, not because of Nadine, but because of the community, the people. And that's one of the ways that we practically can love and bring the lonely into family, is we belong to a community on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and we pull people in. If we want to be like Jesus, things like our house being too small or the uncomfortable, we need to be uncomfortable sometimes. The kingdom is uncomfortable. Yes. If you're not uncomfortable then uh, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> but it's true. God is calling us to a bigger thing. And if God, if we want God to add to this family, we need to open up our hearts and our homes. We need to invite and make people family. Because God didn't call us to do a th- just a sun- nice Sunday service. He's called us to live life together. And community is a practical way that we do this. But throughout the week, do we invite? Do we connect? Do we get to know one another? Because your breakthrough will happen there in family. And so I want to encourage us. If you're not part of a community group, become part. Come ask us. And if you are hosting a com, com leaders. Open, open, open. God does not close his door. His door is open. Do we resemble the same heart that Jesus has for the lost and for those among us?